right we are live welcome to another edition of fandom initiative i am your host today michael williams cinema ceo is my handle on twitter and on instagram and uh unfortunately uh my usual cohort <laughs> antonio Palmeras, the hungry bleak is not available this week but I wanted to do a special show highlighting my man from the way, way back <laughs> um, independent film artist, childhood friend, been through the struggle with <laughs> Michael yeah. Andrews is our special guest for today. What's up, Mike? How are Thank you, you, brother? I'm good, my brother, man. Thank you so much, man. It's been, it's- we haven't seen each. We haven't seen each other forever, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, um, easily it's been like twenty yeah. years, brother. Easily, <laughs> you know. At least, at least, man. Yeah, at least, yeah, man. Yeah, like, life. Yeah. You know what they say? Life, life happens, man. Yeah, yeah. That that is true. Brother. That <laughs> yeah. that certainly is true. Um, yeah. for those of you Whether who don't you know, not. yeah, that that's 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 real, brother. That's real. For those of you who don't know, me and Mike. We basically grew up together in, in, in Polo Grounds housing projects. We went to school yeah. together for the longest time in elementary school. We, we, we've been friends for a very long time. I think just like he said, like life gets in the way and that's where you kind of go your own paths. So we kind of yeah. don't get the time to hang out as much anymore yeah. but we we recently not even recently it's been a while but um we reconnected a little bit ago on facebook yeah. i think <laughs> yeah and um yeah yeah so uh yeah i mean we've been we've been kind of talking to one another he knows about my various uh projects as far as podcasting things go and i've i've been watching him do his thing in, in independent films so um yeah i mean i thought it was just natural to kind of have this brother on the show because he's also a fellow geek for people who don't know (laughs) Um, i just thought it would be natural to have this brother on the show and let him talk about some of the things that he's involved in and also some of the things that you know he likes in the geek community because the geek community i think he and i both will agree has exploded (laughs) to A point that I don't even think him and I back in elementary school could have possibly imagined it would go to. So um, let, let, let's talk about the projects and the things that you've been involved in in the last, you know, X amount of years, brother. So so let the audience yeah. know, you know, a little bit about the things you've been doing and where they can kind of, you know, see your work and, and things like that. So go ahead, brother. Okay. Um well, after I graduated from City College back in uh, 95, uh-huh. um, I, st- I studied drama. So for the last, for you know, 20, last 20 years, I've been involved in theater, uh-huh. um, off-Broadway off mainly. Right. Um, racked up a lot of credits. Uh, within the last few years, I, then I jumped into directing, playwriting, right. uh, you know, produ- producing and whatnot. Um, for a few years from 2014 to 2019, I was me and this uh, 
female friend of mine, we were producing our own shows. Or off, okay. or off or Broadway showcases or whatnot. So we were giving right. opportunities not to ourselves, not just to ourselves, but to other actors around in the New York area. Right. So that lasted for a good while. Hmm. So now I'm just basically back to, you know, uh, acting in other people's projects, basically, but I'm getting more and more to uh, screenwriting. Because writing was always a passion of mine, even from when we were kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so matter of fact, I got the, I, I did two short films last year in the middle of the pandemic. And that, uh-huh. that helped. That was, that was a bit, I'll admit that was therapeutic for me because I was yeah. going through a rough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year. And it still am in a way, you know, because this, this thing is just, to say it altered our reality is like, uh-huh. that's an understatement. You know? uh-huh. Yeah, you you're right, brother. You you definitely right on that. Yeah, for real. Like yeah. like I never thought in our lifetime we go through this. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I tell yeah. anybody if you have a passion for something, pursue it. Yeah, yeah. Don't let the pandemic stop you because once yeah. you do that, it's like it's sad. But I mean, you but you you need you need a mental outlet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree, so, brother. Yeah, yeah. So I know for yeah. for me, like. Not just acting, but like you know, you you know, comic books was our passion mm-hmm. too. It still is for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did two short films uh, late last summer. Mm-hmm. I got three projects coming up this year, mm-hmm. plus one. Well, I just wrote the script. I'm going to do a rewrite, but I got some other stuff coming up acting wise. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get my mind focused. Yeah, yeah. And working yeah. on my craft. You know what I'm saying? Try, try to be like the next Denzel, you know what I mean? The next <laughs> Tom Hanks and get that brass ring, brother. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I, I hear you, brother. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, For sure. So, you know, yeah. Definitely, so, man, so. so yeah, like like talk about those specific those specific movies that you did like during the pandemic, and are they are they available to be seen by people who might be you know curious to see the things that you're doing? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, let, let me let me take it back. Okay. I did two. I did two films back in 2019. They they are available on on Amazon Prime. Okay. What one movie is called DNR, which mm-hmm. means do not resuscitate. That's like a small family drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, forty minutes. Uh, we shot that summer summer of 2019. Then after that, mm-hmm. we shot a movie called The Needs. Mm-hmm. That's another short film, and that that chronicles. Uh, parents who have children with special needs and mm-hmm. the conflicts that they often go to with school administrators. Right. Um, anyone. I mean, I don't, I don't. I'm not a parent, but right. anyone who has a special needs child, you know, you watch it, you'll understand because sometimes it's like you got to deal with the bureaucracy of the school system. Uh, sometimes even the teachers are overworked, and they a lot of them say, "Oh, I care about your kids too," but it's like a back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then um, last summer I did a movie called Traffic Lanes. Um, well, all all, pro- all the projects were directed mainly by this uh, a colleague of mine named Jermaine Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a company called Everyday the Brand. You can even look that up on on IG. Okay. Um, traffic Lanes is a little comedy about you know traffic agents and little mm-hmm. crazy shit that they go through. Mm-hmm. Personal and professionally, yeah. 
So um, I think he's still editing that. That should be on Prime pretty soon. I don't know exactly when, but okay. uh, when I find out, you know, check it out. Yeah. Um, and I just wrote a, a horror script, uh, which should be filming soon. Uh, I guess I'm going to do a little tweak of the script, but yeah. um, me and the director and the leading lady, we had a, a phone conversation the other night, so we're just getting everything rolling. Yeah, and I just want to start working on more films and stuff like that. Since you know the theater world, as we know, it's on it's on hold. Mm-hmm. Well, for who, the who knows how? Yeah, yeah, for the right. Future, yeah. Exactly, but it's cool to know that there are people out there like my friend Jermaine, who's you know they take the opportunity to shoot films. They just, I mean, as long as you you know practice core uh, uh, safety precautions, you're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah so because yeah, yeah. um. I'm gonna tell you, man. It's it's tough being an artist right now. You know, it was tough even before the pandemic, but now even more so. And it's like, you know, what do you do? You need an outlet. Yeah, yeah. You need an outlet. Yeah. I mean, like I always say, you know, I don't like a friend. Another friend of mine would say, I don't want to just watch TV. I want to be TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. So that's what I'm working on right now, professionally. Yeah, I, I hear you, brother. Like. Um, I mean, I think, I think the good thing, like you mentioned, like these projects being on like Amazon prime and things like that. I think, I think, I think part of, if there is any silver lining, right. In, in, Mm. in the fact that we're in this pandemic and to a certain extent, Entertainment has thrived, but to another certain extent, entertainment has been compromised, right? So yeah. I, I think one of the one of the more positive things is that it's almost become and, and, and to a certain extent it always was, but it's even more now. It is it is an actors and content creators medium now. Right. Yeah. Like there are more outlets now <laughs> that are starving for content. Yeah. Than there were prior to this pandemic where there was always this sort of traditional, you know, big studio wants to make certain project. These are the things that are getting green lighted. Everything else is kind of in the wait and see mode. <laughs> and then everything else after that is not getting made right yeah yeah like now we're in a situation where and yes people argue that these streaming services are owned by you know big media conglomerates yes that's true yeah but big media conglomerates are always looking for more content right like they have they 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 have the they have the purchasing power to buy the content that they really really want that's going to distinguish their services, right? But then there's yeah. always this kind of <laughs> there's always this kind of like other part of the catalog that they want to mm-hmm. fill up, right? Because yeah. they want to have those things that are kind of, for lack of a better term, gems that keep bringing people back. Right. That that, that yeah. are the that are the things besides the big things that everyone talks about that are 
worth the money that you're spending per month, right? Yeah. So when when I kind of saw you, you know, talking about these things on Amazon, I was like, man, I'm like this guy. <laughs> like this guy's out here doing his thing, <laughs> yeah, right? right? And yeah. It's like it, it's not even that it needs to be anything huge because it doesn't. Like right. huge is great if you can get huge. And, and brother, mm. I'm, I'm pulling for you to get huge, brother. Don't get me wrong. I'm pulling for you to get huge. But if you can just get your foot in the door in small, in something like Amazon, you, you, you're on the right track, brother. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I got. I got. I got. Um, I got to mention. I got a. Um, I got a film project I'm shooting tomorrow in New Jersey. I've got to mention that. Yes, bro. Um, Tell him about that. Tell him about that. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's it's a it's it's a series of short films written by a, a colleague named Omar Omar Moore, and each film has to deal with like COVID. Ah. So the the, the the short that I'm in, it's like a I'm saying a good like ten minute comedy, but basically like uh, his character and his girlfriend. His girlfriend has just invited her overbearing parents over for dinner. And I play the father, so I'm gonna be like a little uh, <laughs> Okay. Okay. Like a John Witherspoon type. Oh, oh I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Okay. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. So we should that in Jersey tomorrow. So yeah. That's good, so, yeah. bro. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. But, thank you. but going back to what you were saying before about mm. content and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, but I mean, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to get straight into the, the, <laughs> what, what, what you think about geek culture at this present time as compared as compared to when we were younger. Part of the the program. I mean, this is this is a free flowing conversation between me and this brother okay. because we've been we've been. We've been trying to plan to hang out with one another, and then just COVID kind of ruined everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is kind of a this is kind of a good conversation because I get to kind of talk to this brother and see this brother's face, and not just talk yeah. to him on the phone. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about geek culture presently right now because because I saw you just sign up for. Uh, Disney Plus in full. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of years ago. Um, I, finally, I, finally, I finally made that plunge. <laughs> no, nice, brother. Nice, nice. Um, tell, yeah. tell, tell our listeners and, and, and our viewers right now, like, what your overall thoughts of Disney Plus is as far as like the app, using the app, and some of the things that you've watched on there presently that kind of have caught your attention. Okay. Um, well, I know for the longest time, all a lot of my co-workers and stuff were telling me, yo, Mike, have you seen Mandalorian? Uh, and, you, you know, from back <laughs> in the day, you're, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, you know me both. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too, brother. Yep. And for some reason, I was hesitant. I was like, I kept saying, well, you know, I got I got a whole streaming. I got I got Netflix. Yeah, I got Prime. I got Prime. Film, Rise, Film Rise. You know what I mean? I got yeah. Brown Sugar. Yeah, I got um, you know, and also I just recently signed up for HBO Max. Yeah, okay, okay. You know, so come on, okay. Godzilla versus Kong, baby. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, I hear yeah. you, brother. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait for that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, so I decided, you know, it was it was a snowy Sunday, a couple of Sundays ago. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm sitting in the crib, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> um let me, let, me, let me check it out. <laughs> right, right, right. So subscribed and started and, and then that Sunday, the whole Sunday, I watched the entire first season of The Mandalorian. Okay. And I was saying to myself, I can't believe I waited this long. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is some good, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I'm you know, loving Star Wars since I was five years old, since my sister took me to see the first movie. Mm-hmm. And wasn't crazy, wasn't too crazy about the, some of the prequels, even mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy that just came out. Mm-hmm. And it's true what people are saying. Mandalorian is bringing it back to, bringing Star Wars kind of back to its roots. Yes. So I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it, man. There's a lot. I mean, you know, and overall, with streaming being at an all time high, you know, it's it's fulfilling that gap in entertainment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Network TV. I'm I've been really disappointed with. Unfortunately, I, I, I find myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, there's I only a handful of stuff I watch on network. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Majority of the stuff I, I do watch is on cable, like you know, The Walking Dead. I mean, but yeah. even that's I'm starting to fall off with that because it's not it's not grabbing my attention the way I get used to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I, I would say basically like um, this is a good time for streaming because, like I said, the content that's coming, especially on Netflix, um, like damn, I mean, I, I, I discovered some great shows. Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, October Faction, Warrior Nun. Ah, um, yes, 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 Warrior Nun, yes. Yeah. Um, what else did I look at? Um, God, I forgot the name of it. The, the, the one that's based on uh, Glow, but the female wrestlers. Glow, yes. Good, good stuff, man. Like, you know, acting, writing. Yeah. I mean, they give the feature films a run for their money. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you know that Glow's not coming back, right? They canceled it. I, I, I read that. That's that's. I think that's ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Marvel shows they had Daredevil and Luke Cage. That stuff was that's good stuff, man. But hopefully, yeah. maybe Marvel or uh, Disney will pick that up. Yeah, I mean the, yeah. the rights to uh, the rights to Jessica Jones, and I think Punisher just reverted back to them this week. So it did. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. a big. I wasn't a big Jessica Jones fan, but Punisher, I'm definitely, definitely excited about. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, what you what you said just now is basically kind of what you know. Antonio and I have talked about on the show many times is that, yeah, streaming. Streaming has filled in that gap where, where theaters have been gone. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. they they have essentially given you like last summer, in the height of this pandemic, Netflix basically gave you a summer movie season, and I don't think people <laughs> kind of realized that they did, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> like when you they look did. at when you look at Extraction, when you look at yeah. the Old Guard, when you look at a movie yes. like The Five Bloods, they really gave you. Movies that would have played, I think, would have played pretty well in a theater. 
Absolutely. You know what I mean? And and yeah. you know, it, 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 it's interesting because I I work in the industry, right? Like uh-huh. I work in the opposite end of the industry that Mike does. Like Mike is Mike is on the front line, kind of, you know, for for lack of a better term. And, and this doesn't cheapen anything that he's doing. He's acting out his dreams, right? right like i'm in the side of the industry where i'm helping him to a certain extent bring those dreams that he's acting out in front of as many eyes as possible but what you do is more less important brother no i know brother i know i know and i i've been in the industry for a while and i've seen it change i would probably say in the last 10 years at a breakneck pace and and, and i've seen i've seen companies that didn't really understand that streaming is what people wanted yeah you know what i mean which which is which is crazy which is crazy to me yeah um you got you got the tv on in the background or no i'm sorry you have the tv on in the background yeah, uh, my brother, uh, oh, my, brother. My, my computer room is right next to his bedroom. Ah, okay. I, can, I can turn I it down if you want me to. If you can, a little. A little would be good if you can. <laughs> yeah, just give me, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't think you could hear it, but let, just give me a second. I'm no, sorry. it's cool. It's cool, brother. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we're, we're going to let Mike do that real quick. But um, yeah, I mean, again, you know, streaming has become this thing that nobody really in the industry kind of embraced until it was too late. Like certain places were on top of it, you know, Netflix, definitely, you know, and you know, there there are plenty of stories that you can see out there where companies had an opportunity to kind of, you know, put Netflix out of its misery very early on. And they chose not to because they just didn't think Netflix for real would be any kind of player in the industry. And they essentially made a huge error there, like a huge error. Like Netflix is a prime, (laughs) a prime force in the industry. Now, 200 million subscribers all can't be wrong about this, this app that they're paying for every month. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, when, when you look at it at the end of the day, this is where we are, where streaming has become a major force and it's probably not gonna change even when the pandemic is over. Yeah, Mike, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, brother. Yeah, he got a whole bunch of um um remote controls so trying to find off of the TV. <laughs> it's cool, it's like... cool, bro. It's cool, bro. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's cool. But um Let me yeah, close I, the door. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um I was just, you know, just want to let you know our audience out there know that you know if you haven't embraced streaming yet you need to <laughs> because it's not going anywhere anytime soon in fact i think what you're going to see is that streaming is going to double down and it's really going to be the thing that the thing that presents you with more engaging and more connected content as we go on, depending on who it is. So, yeah, I mean, that that's what I was telling them, Mike. I was telling them that streaming has become this thing that initially a lot of these companies out here did not 
embrace and it, it's yeah. been to their detriment like a mm-hmm. lot of places it's been to their detriment a lot of them are trying to do it now in the in the from behind stage where they're trying to catch everyone else yeah. and and that's really difficult to do if you didn't mm-hmm. embrace it from the beginning or you didn't yeah. have a plan on how to get there and how to be fruitful once you did get there <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so yeah um yeah so i agree completely with you on the things you were saying about the mandalorian the the mandalorian to me and i've said it i've said it arguably the best space western i've ever seen Mm. (laughs) um good good western motif yeah yeah um bring star wars completely back to basics i mean i had problems with the prequels much like you did mm. this last trilogy i am i was a little more forgiving although there were things about it that i thought were curious choices that they shouldn't have done that i wish they hadn't done yeah but i think when you look at the mandalorian the mandalorian takes star wars back to basics it's a really simple premise show which is yeah crazy to me Right, because when you when you think about it, you know how connected the show is. Right. But the premise is so simple, week to week. It's just like it's it's almost there's almost a part of you that thinks this show shouldn't work as well as it does, <laughs> but yeah. it, does. It, it does. It does. It does. Which is crazy. <laughs> so I, well, I I don't know. You know what? I, I, I totally agree with you. And kudos to Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get it. They get it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Star, Star Wars is a simple formula. Yeah. It's not overly complicated. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and that's the thing because when George Lucas, and some people say, and maybe to a certain extent, I agree. The worst mistake he made was selling this was selling a uh, Lucasfilm. Because I mean, Star, Star Wars is a brilliant idea in and of itself. It's, it's, it's a simple, it's a simple tale of good and evil. All right. But it plays like, you know, a, a, a mythological fairy tale. You know, all, all these right. different, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's, it's different things. It's, it's it's fantasy. It's a it's a war film. It's it's a fairy tale. You know what I mean? It's, and these other people that took over the, the movies, they they overcomplicated it. Yeah. And Lucas did too to an extent. Like if you remember a Phantom Menace, he, mm. he's talking about like uh, trade embargoes and stuff like that. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I'm not. You show me CNN in space, man. <laughs> CNN in space, nice. What are you talking about George? Like what? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like, <laughs> like you're, taking, you're taking us out of the basic core of the tale. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. So yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, thought, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying, and and I know that there are people who kill who kill him for selling, but yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, when you look at it this way, <laughs> you, you look at it, you look at what he 
was able to do with Star Wars. I mean, let, let's think about this for a minute. Yeah. He makes a movie in the 70s mm-hmm. that literally makes a... <laughs> and I say this all the time, and people look at me like I'm crazy when I say it, but it's the truth. He makes a movie in the 70s that pretty much makes a cottage industry in the film industry that wasn't really there prior yeah. to that. Yeah. Like, he, he makes a movie where he does the special effects, the sound design, and the overall design of things yeah. on his own. Like, yeah. on his own. He's, he's hiring people, but essentially it's his name that's on everything. Right? right. So, you didn't have anybody at that point doing that kind of thing in Hollywood at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. I, 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 I would dare someone who made that kind of thing as big as it wound up becoming, because at some point he was also doing other films besides his own stuff right. with ILM and, and Skywalker sound and, and all this other stuff. I dare anyone to tell me that if someone came to you and said, put a check on your table for $4 billion, (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't sell that industry after all the things that you've done. Mm -hmm. Like you've made not only the money that you made prior to that, prior to them putting this $4 billion check on your table. Yeah. But you're getting an additional $4 billion. Like, you would would sell in a minute. And it doesn't matter if it was Disney. It doesn't matter if it was Fox. It doesn't matter if it was Warner Brothers. It doesn't matter who who decided to put that check on the table. You'd sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yo, let me tell you something. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, listen, I mean, his his great-great-great-grandkids don't have to worry about a job. Exactly. Exactly. I think my biggest issue with George... Is this? Yeah. I think the 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 ugly side of that kind of success, and I'm not talking about when he sold to to Disney. The ugly side of the success is that when you're that successful with the middle three movies, the the three movies that we think are the best movies probably ever made in that saga, is that it makes you lazy. You know what I mean? Like, because you've made so much money on those middle three movies in how many iterations that he's put out over the years. When he decided to go back to it, I think he, I think he lost a little bit of his Mojo. vigor <laughs> for doing it. And, and I oh. think that's what you get when you get a trilogy like the prequels. Like right. you have a lot of good ideas in the prequels, but they are not strung together the way that they should be. Right. You, you right. know what I mean? And, and I, I agree. And I think that that was probably the the major problem was that he got lazy. He thought he could just kind of half-ass write things and <laughs> duplicate the same success. 
And then when he saw other people doing better with his idea, because I bring this up all the time, like you have that Clone Wars series on on Disney Plus, which is great if you haven't seen yeah. it. It's great. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing. I just started like the beginning of it. It's great. Yeah. But there was an there was another Clone Wars series that came out initially before the series did that he licensed, I guess, the Star Wars brand to the, the show was on. Um, I, I want to say it was on Cartoon Network at one time in its initial yeah. run. It was on Cartoon Network and people love that show like that show. Yeah. That, that show was amazing. The show that I've seen, it, it was amazing. Yeah. And he was integral in getting that show canceled. <laughs> because someone else had taken the characters that he had established and did it better. You know what I mean? And I think he sometimes gets really irritated <laughs> when people do things better than he does. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, you know what? I Okay, here's the thing. All right. <laughs> okay, brother. Okay. <laughs> Going back to the prequels. Mm. One of the biggest complaints everybody had, and even I had this, I'm sure you got it too, mm. was the fact that he, I guess, if he, he pretty much sacrificed story for technology. Yes. Okay. No, In other words, he, he kept saying all, over and over again that had he had the technology in the 70s that he had in the 90s, the original trilogy would have been much better films. What George always fails to understand, especially for our generation, you and me, uh-huh. those movies as they are originally made in 77, 80, and 83 were perfect. Yes, I agree with you, brother. I agree. Let, let me repeat that. <laughs> perfect. Yes, yes. Brother. You didn't need to change a goddamn thing, brother. Okay. <laughs> So what if you didn't have enough money to make us a, a more spacious view of most mm-hmm. Eisley? Mm-hmm. So what if you didn't have enough money to, you know, put better emphasis on the Death Star uh, siege mm-hmm. with the X-Wing mm-hmm. fighters? What we saw in theaters, listen, I was five years old when I saw that in a theater. You know how blown away that was? That was, that was revolutionary. Everybody mm-hmm. from five to ninety-five have all said the same thing. It had never they had never seen anything like that before. Yeah, 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 bro. It was perfect, man. Yeah. And he goes on twenty years later, eh, I'm not happy with it. Yeah. That was what that was what we had, George. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You, you may not be happy with it, but you tell that to any kid growing up at our, our time that saw those movies. That was, that was our, I like to say, that was our Wiz, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, I agree, brother. I agree. I okay. agree. And I, I'm not happy with it. I wish I, had the te- I wish I had the technology I had back then. And, and, and then when he does the prequels, he's so wrapped up in the, in, the, in, the, in the new cameras that he created and the new visual effects that he created that he sacrificed the story. Those stories are half-baked. And then I and then I and then I watch um, episode three 
Mm -hmm. Original Sith. And I said, okay, George, mm -hmm. I'm not mad at you anymore. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is taking it back to the old Star Wars. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have problems with Attack of the Clones and, and, and Phantom Menace. I mean, beautiful movies, visually, mm -hmm. special effects, mm -hmm. uh, choreography, whatever. The yeah. stories just left me cold. And the acting yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I'm, just, I'm going on a tangent. But the Star yeah. Wars means a lot to us. Yeah. George needs to just get out of his get off of his, out of his ass and you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And no matter what they do, no films, no future films or whatever are ever going to match the magic of a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. It ain't going to happen. No. no, that was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, you only get three. You very rarely get three movies that are that are that good. And yeah. it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to, and I say this to people all the time, like, and, 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 and I, I've kind of been saying this to people in reference right. to, you know, Disney's latest, uh, you know, triumph, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in, in that first round, like the first, this first saga of the 20 plus connected films, I keep telling yeah. people like, like, don't get too comfortable with this, right? Like, yeah. don't assume yeah. that even what comes after this will be as good as that first round. Like, it, it's yeah. like what they tried to do in that in in that first round had never been done before. Like, you can't. You literally are asking people to hang with you for twenty something movies. To get a payoff at the very end, right? Like that's hard. That's hard. Like you're asking people to commit a very large chunk of their lives in order to get what they want out of this. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and it's not that I don't believe in what Disney has done with Marvel because I think in some ways what Disney has done with Marvel is also made it a real problem for other studios to do it too is that they basically went out of their way bought marvel and, and pretty much said to marvel look we're gonna write these checks for you yeah just don't make us look bad yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean they're like yeah. we're, we're willing to write the check for you to do these movies the way you want do not make us look bad yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean well and and no other studio wants to do that. I I don't care yeah. what anybody says about the Disney cinematic extended uh, Disney sorry the 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 DCEU DC. the the DC Comics extended universe. They don't want to do that because yeah. it does not fit well in what they do well over at Warner Brothers. I said this to my brother a long time ago, my brother Andre a long time ago, when he, he, he's had, you know, these things that he said about what they've done over there, Warner Brothers with DC, uh, DC properties. And I said to him, I said, very simply, Warner Brothers is a prestige movie studio mm -hmm. that happens to make comic book films. It's not the yeah. other way around. 
They're not a comic book movie studio that happens to make other genre films. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just not how it works. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they want to make movies that they can slide into their prestigious catalog of how many every years they've been around. And, you know, they want to be able to put out these, you know, volumes of DVDs or, 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 you know, Blu-rays, as long as we're going to be in the Blu-ray technology. They want to be able to put these things out every few years that have these prestige movies in it. And I don't think that they see, they see very few DC related movies as prestige movies. The Nolan movies are prestige movies to them. You know what I mean? Richard Donner's Superman is a prestige movie. Yeah. Or Batman 89 is a prestige movie. Yeah. Yeah. They don't necessarily see Justice League, Man of Steel, Aquaman, any of these movies. Yeah. They don't see any of these movies as sort of prestige worthy titles. Although they seem like they're trying to push that agenda now because they have the streaming service and they have to get people to sign up but it's yeah. like uh, you know Disney what Disney did with Marvel has literally changed movies and 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 I agree it's changed movies for the good and for the bad at the same time yeah <laughs> it, it really uh, has yeah. but you, you know uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, w- with all that said, sending the, 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 the focus back to Star Wars, that's where the juxtaposition is, right? Brother, like, mm-hmm. you're yeah. talking about how, you know, George lost his way. That's why the Mandalorian to me is just so, <laughs> it's just so right on time and ridiculous. Like, it, right. It's literally Star Wars going back to being Star Wars in the most simplest way possible. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Yeah. And and, and um, it's why I, I'm I'm all for which has been the rumor and what people want is for this guy to take over Lucasfilm. Favreau. Favreau. He'd be my choice. He he gets it. Yeah. He gets it. You know? yeah. I, I did hear something that I know I know they I know they kicked out uh Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's playing out the string, I think, of her contract. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Kathleen yeah, yeah Kathleen Kennedy, that's a name I remember from the early eighties when she used to work with Spielberg. Yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. But she she I don't know, she ran Star Wars into the ground, brother, because those movies, the the prequel uh the sequel trilogy do I'm sorry. People can say what they want, and I, I would love to even talk about these if you know if you want. Um, mm. the, the sequel trilogies, okay. Force Awakens is good, yes. even though it's a New Hope 2.0. Yes, The Last Jedi needs to be reevaluated because if you look at it again and again, I know people hated it, they still, they, I know a lot of people hate it. They took they did they did things with that movie. They took chances with that movie uh-huh. that people were bitching about. Uh-huh. No, that's not how it goes. You know, he doesn't uh-huh. get it. What was Ryan Johnson doing? Open <laughs> your mind, people. Okay, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. 
Then we get to what should be the capper. The movie we've been waiting for for probably the past four years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What happened? Rise of Rise of Skywalker. What happened? I'll tell you what happened, brother. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what happened. Please tell me. <laughs> it's something. That, it's something that we talk about also on the show. What happens yeah. when gatekeepers and and when I say gatekeepers, I mean geeks who think. They now have this unlimited power (laughs) to be able to say what they want, be critical when they want, even when it's Mm -hmm. not necessary to be critical and can, can somehow think that they can hijack any production that they don't agree with. Yeah. I I think that this is exactly what happened. I, I am a fan of last Jedi. I've said this. I stand by it. I am an absolute fan of that film. I think that that film, like you said, takes chances. I think it's brave enough to say to its audience, and it does it. It does it throughout the entire film. And that's the thing that people don't see, that what's going on in there. It's like the, the film is literally telling us who hold Star Wars to this high place in our hearts that yeah. Yes, it was yours for a certain time, but it can't remain yours forever. Right. We have to open this up for other people because other yeah. people are what is going to keep this going. Like th- yeah. th- this is just how it is. You yes. know, that's the nature yeah. of having a franchise. You have yeah. to appeal to different audiences over decades, over time. Change you it know? up. Change it up. Yeah, and I think there were a lot of things that hit that hit me well, and, and I say this because, and I've said this on the show, is that there is a certain wisdom you get the older you are. Like, and you see things differently. Right. Like, I, I know that there were people who did not understand why Luke would isolate himself from the Force. Why <laughs> Luke would isolate himself from the Rebellion. Why yeah. Luke would choose to stay on Octo versus be the guy out front mm. with Leia and everybody else? Yeah, because at some point, at some point, Luke knows in his heart that there is this weight of being known as the chosen one that you mm. can't bear forever. Right. Why there right. is inherent failure when the outcome that you think is going to happen doesn't happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand why he chose to do it. And, and I thought Black Shadow was brave to do it that way. The way that they did it, yeah. where you see Luke very differently than the last time you saw him in that movie. And I was like, wow, I'm like, man, I'm like, they're really hitting on this idea that the Jedi have failed. And the only way the only way that you can do that is to have the face of the Jedi kind of show you how he is now. Right. When when everything's hit the fan and nothing's really changed post me, you know, 
me mm. defeating the emperor, me defeating Darth Vader, and helping him throw the emperor down a, a, a shaft. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nothing's really changed. It's the same, if not worse. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I, I just didn't understand people's reactions to certain things. And and you I think the other and I think the other mistake that the last Jedi made, although I understand why they did it. <laughs> at the very end where they don't really tell you again they they leave it unresolved about Ray right this uh-huh. idea that that Kylo says you're nothing right you know you're just kind of the daughter of junkers that's <laughs> all you are right right yeah. Yeah, I think that people went into this movie thinking that they had have, had everything all figured out, and again, the movie kind of tells you, and Luke says it. That's the beauty of the film that Luke says it in the middle of the movie. It's not gonna go the way that you think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the beauty of the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is the movie that says to everybody who are semi-Star Wars fans, not necessarily true fans, semi-Star Wars fans, Yeah, you think you have everything figured out? You don't. Like, we're not going the way that you've read in every tabloid out here before seeing this movie. That's not yeah. where we're going. Yeah. You better get used to it because that's not where we're going. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. That's right. You go along with the ride or you get off. Exactly. And and I think the problem the problem is is that Disney bowed to listening to people on social media. And that's why Rise of Skywalker is a mess. It's it's an yes. absolute mess. It tries yes. too hard to undo Last Jedi. And I, I it's disappointing. It's disappointing to me that JJ Abrams didn't see what Last Jedi was trying to do. Because I thought he could absolutely kill a third installment if he just followed what Ryan Johnson had set up. You like, know if what? they had done that no. duel, are you familiar with the Duel of the Fate script that's been out here for a while? That is what I, I the third hearing, one should have been? Yeah. No, I keep, I keep hearing about it, but I don't, I don't know too much about it. Yeah, the, the, the Duel of the Fate script, for lack of a better term, is <laughs> Return of the Jedi 2.0. It's pretty much Return of the Jedi 2.0 with a little things, little things different here and there. There's a lot of storyboard art out there of Ray gets the dual, the dual edged lightsaber, except she wears the black Jedi costume and not the black Sith costume like she does in that movie. And Yeah, it's a very different film than what we got. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I I, I almost wish that they had just done it that way rather than bringing back. I mean, I mean, if you have to bring back the emperor, I guess. But But it just, it was just, it just, there's no purpose. It just felt clunky. It felt clunky. Yeah. You know, it felt like, well, we have to bring back something that's bigger than Kylo because 
Kylo's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Okay. <sighs> I don't know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Granted, Kylo. Granted, Kylo is no Darth Vader. Okay, we get that. No. no. But it was it was what it was, and Adam Driver did a good job of what he was given. He did. Okay. He did. I, I'll tell you this though. In hindsight, he was more better developed than Ray, than Finn, and even Poe. And I was really disappointed in Poe and Finn because. And it wasn't the actors' fault. They, they were just they were just giving shitty scripts. They weren't well developed. And I I'm in agreement with John Boyega. Oh yeah. Don't yeah. push. Yeah. Don't push my character to be something that is not. Yeah. Yeah. That was a mess. <laughs> like that whole yeah. that whole the whole side mission of them going to the the, the casino planet. What was that about? I was like, what are we doing here? Like, this is too long. Like, this does not need to be nearly as long as it is in this movie. I'm like, I I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I I, I think Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, brother. No, I was just gonna say, I mean and I and I felt I felt bad for the um what's her name, Tran? Um the the Asian actress. Kelly Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. Yeah, they 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 shitted on her. Yeah. To the point yeah. where even she had to get off social media because she yeah, got a lot of hate. Yeah, they crapped they crapped on Daisy Ridley too. This, Daisy Ridley hasn't been on social media in years because of uh-huh. how she was treated with Star Wars. Like it's, oh, it's I didn't a know mess. about that. Yeah. Okay. It's a mess. It's an absolute yeah. mess. An absolute mess. And yeah. and this is the danger of what happens now in 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 in, in the real world of, of fandom is that fans now believe they have more power than ever to kind of influence anything and everything yeah, and my thing I is I, 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 I keep and, and what me and Antonio try to do all the time is we try to keep things in perspective that's number one right. you know because there, there are worse things going on in the world than you know whether a, a movie was bad or Star Wars yeah. choice was terrible yeah and, and two keep in mind you didn't build these things right, right. like you didn't create Star Wars you right. didn't build Disney you didn't build Warner Brothers. You didn't build Paramount. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right, yeah. yes. Do you have more... Do you have more perceived input than you ever have as a fan? Absolutely. But keep in mind... Mm, that's not always a good thing. You yeah, know, because when you, when, you when you show your ass... <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it's it's you know it, it really kind of shows who you really are when you right. when you do things like that, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's sad. It's sad. You know. I agree with you. I, agree I mean, with you. I, I think sometimes we need to really sit back and think about how we feel and and take a chill. Don't <laughs> always go to the computer and type what you're gonna type and talk about what you're gonna talk about and and insult yeah. people because. That's not cool. It's just not cool. I'm like, okay, right. I get it. You don't, you don't like that choice that they made. Okay, there are plenty of ways to show your displeasure. Don't go to the movie. Right. Don't buy it. Don't don't see death threats. Exactly. <laughs> but this idea yeah. that you think you can just say what you want and and, and and be offensive because you know you think that somehow social media gives you that that option. 
it's silly. It's it's, it's silly. <laughs> you know, it's silly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, and um, it's heartbreaking because I go like, because I, I spend a lot of time on Facebook, mm. and there's several pages that um, you know, I, I follow like uh, for example, Marvel Cinematic Universe as a as a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars, several. There's like a billion. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel, DC. And when one person gives their innocent opinion mm-hmm. about a subject, like the other day, um, I was, somebody was somebody had written on, on, on a Marvel Cinema page that he thought that Hugh Jackman was not a good Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And it, his, the responses were half and half. Like, there were people that would, but some of the majority of people, oh, you're an asshole. Oh fuck you! Mm-hmm. And like, okay, you okay? I get you don't agree with what he's saying. I mean, right. to some people, Jackman was the man. Some people, right. no, he wasn't right. comic book accurate. Right. But if you understand the mediums, and even Ron Perlman said it, everything in comic books does not translate well to screen. Yeah, that's the truth. Because it's the truth. If, Right, because if if it did, mm-hmm. then how come the seven or eight X Men movies they never wore the spandex? Exactly. How come they had to put them in black leather costumes? Exactly. Okay. How come Michael Keaton wore black leather and didn't wear the traditional gray and blue? Exactly. Okay. Christian Bale, Al Kilmer, mm-hmm. Clooney. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, the closest yeah, that we got yeah. to the costumes was Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, but, pretty much. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, it's true. I mean, it, and it took it took a while to understand that, but you know, everything in comic books does not always translate. Comic books doesn't translate to the cinema. And you know, but as long as the intent and the understanding of the of the core of the character yeah, is there. Yeah, 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 it's true. I'll it's take true. that. It's okay. True. God bless Favreau when he directed Iron Man. Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. captured Tony Stark perfectly. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark is an asshole. He's arrogant. He chases women. Mm-hmm. It's only after he gets that accident and his heart is damaged and, and, and everything else that comes after that, he has a change of heart and decides, you know what? I've been creating all these weapons of war. Mm-hmm. Let me create a weapon that would to protect humanity. Mm-hmm. They captured yeah. that. Yeah, and and, yeah, and that's still, the yeah, 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 good, good, brother, good. No, I was gonna say, um, I mean, yeah, he he's still a, a, a fool. Yeah, but now he has is is he? But you know, now he's looking not just for himself, but he's looking out for other people. Right. That's right. the essence of a hero. Right. Right. And and, and I think and I think in, in some ways. The arc that they that they did with Tony throughout the the the, the Marvel Cinematic Saga yeah. has been great. I mean, not every Iron Man film has been great. No, I don't think any of them have been as good as that first one. The second well, one the is third okay. One I'm third one is terrible. Um, <laughs> um uh, but I mean. You know, my 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 brother wanted them to to do 
the demon in the bottle storyline for the longest time. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's never going to happen. Like, I would be interested. These guys are never going to do a demon in bottle storyline the way yeah. you want it to be done because right. this is Disney, for Christ's sake, who owns it. You know what I mean? So yeah. unless Disney's willing to do an R-rated sort of, you know, Elseworlds type tale of, of Tony Stark, right. you're not going to get that. Like, it's hinted in all these Iron Man movies that he kind of has a drinking problem. Yeah. It's hinted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that was all you were really going to get about a Demon in the Bottle storyline. But as yeah. far as the, the connective storyline about Tony and like you said, Tony kind of being this, you know, idiot slash asshole who is trying to do the right thing for the most part, even if some of the things he doesn't really think through well enough, right? Like you understand Tony wanting to, like he says, build a suit of armor around the world. But at right. what cost are you willing to do that, Tony? Right. You know what I mean? You, you're, yeah. you're willing to play with mixing AIs with technology. And as we all know from other movies, <laughs> that never goes well. <laughs> like, oh. That never goes right. well. Mixing right. AI and technology. It never goes well. Yeah. You know, and then this is what you get. You get. Ultron, and then you get, you know, and then you know you yeah. get all these other things that happen throughout that saga where Tony has, you know, pissed off some people <laughs> close to him, and yeah. even people he's not really aware of until it's much too late. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, and it's just kind of like. For them to kind of pin the connective thread for that entire saga on Tony, yeah, it's just brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, and and it, it's almost like you don't see it happening until the very end. You don't see the brilliance of it till the very end, right? You know, and and how everything goes down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, listen. Listen, I never, honestly, brother, you and I can sit here in agreement and, and, and think about this as as kids that were in PS46 in Manhattan and, 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 and all this and, and thinking about the things that we saw then. Yeah, I don't think you and I ever thought we would get Marvel movies the way that we got. Yeah, I mean, it's been yeah. the thrill of my lifetime to watch yeah. these things be developed yeah. and to have this kind of connective thread amongst all of it. And again, I'm well aware and I'm willing to admit to people that not every movie in the in the saga is great, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be as right. long as that connective thread makes sense. Mm hmm. I'm willing to forgive movies that aren't that great. Me too. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I mean. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I mean, that that, that brings us to something else that I know you've been watching on uh, Disney Plus. 
Um, what do you think of WandaVision? You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I first read about the plot. Yes. Well, no, I didn't write it, read about. It, but I heard about it on on mm-hmm. uh, on Ten Ten Wednesday. They were talking about it in the uh, the entertainment section, and they were talking about WandaVision was going to have like this '50s 1960s sitcom vibe, mm-hmm. and I was saying to myself, mm, "No, nope, ain't gonna watch it." <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about 1950s I Love Lucy vibe? I mean, what does that have to do with Vision and Scarlet Witch? Mm-hmm. Then people, I'm just like, I was just like, like my mouth dropped. But then on social media, everyone was saying, oh, it's a great show. Mm. Uh, everyone is complaining about it. They just don't get it. You guys are not true comic book fans. You got to stick with it. I was, yeah. I mean, they weren't addressing it to me personally. I was just reading yeah. the comments, yeah, but I was, reading. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. maybe there's something to it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Then when I finally looked at, like, the same night I looked at, same day I looked at Mandalorian. I looked at the first two episodes of Wanda, mm-hmm. and I was still shaking my head, like, okay, I'll stick with it. Mm-hmm. I guess there's something to it. Mm-hmm. By the third, fourth episode, I was like, okay. Now I see where they're going mm-hmm, with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's another example. Sometimes don't don't be so quick to dismiss something on first, first yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say, brother, I made that mistake. I made that mistake one time prior to this. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and the one time that I made that mistake was on Guardians of the Galaxy. Me too. When Me that too. first trailer dropped for Guardians of the Galaxy a while yep. ago, yeah, and I saw it, <laughs> I remember <laughs> exactly what my feeling was when it was over, and I was like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, yeah. I was like, they can't. Put, I was. I literally was in my head like, they can't put this out now. I'm like, they've. They can't put this out ever. Yeah, I'm like they've they've gained so much momentum in this saga. I'm like. Yeah, you put this out now, and this movie flops. I'm like, this will kill the whole goddamn thing. I'm like, I I can't. Yeah. I'm like, you guys yeah. can't do this. You can't do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, yeah. I wasn't gonna be the fool that goes on social media saying Disney don't do this. I was like, no. I'm like, the tone of it was off. I was like, this tone doesn't even match anything that we've seen so far. That's I was like, I there's no way. I was like, there's no way this could be real. I'm like, this can't be what you're doing. Yeah, I agree with you. And then, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so, and and, and it, you know, it it just worked out bigger than anybody could possibly have thought. And it's almost like Disney kind of covered their bet, right? They were like, well, let's just put it out in August uh-huh. when nothing is out. <laughs> the all the movies that you want to see for the summer have already gone out. Yeah. Let's put it out in August. Low risk. If the movie makes if the movie makes its budget back, we'll be happy. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Boy was I wrong when I went to go see it, Me brother. Too. I Me was too. completely wrong. Like yeah. now I kind of saw what they were doing with it. Yeah. Like, 
and and that's and that's also been the beauty of the Marvel Cinematic Experience is that these guys, from the directors to everyone that they've brought into this, who've bought into this situation, are fans of movies. They are fans of genre films. They are fans of things that have come before it. And and they have been brave enough to kind of take mixed genres, which almost never works in film. Like, it almost never works. Like, you yeah. can't mix genres the way that they do and get a positive result right. where everyone's happy. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I kind of... I kind of wasn't worried about WandaVision when I saw it. Like, when I saw it, I was like, their thinking is is that the first two episodes, which is why they're giving you two episodes, right? Because these first two episodes have to be the worst shows of the series, right? (laughs) In that premiere. They have to be. Like, they have to be the things that they're just putting out there because they want people to kind of understand the general area of where they're going. They're not going right. to give you everything. They're going to give you enough to make you think I have to see the third episode. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, after I saw the first two, I was like, I need to know who's immediately I needed to know whose point of view this was from. Right. I was like, because it can't be in my head, I was like, it can't be Vision. I'm like, Vision's dead. We know that Vision's dead. Yeah. So it's like, it can't be from Vision's perspective. I'm like, it has to be either from Wanda's perspective or someone else's perspective of Wanda. Right. Right? And and as the series goes on, there was part of me that it, it just made my mind go in eight billion different directions. Like I was like, well, it, it made me go back and watch that almost pentultimate scene of infinity war uh-huh. because I needed to be sure if both vision and Wanda died at the end and they did. And I was like, okay, so maybe did she when Thanos brought Vision back to get the Mind Stone, did Wanda somehow, and and this was my thinking, right? My thinking was, this was my theory, that Wanda had somehow, when when he did the rewind to bring Vision back, and then he tore it out of his head, did she somehow implant part of herself and vision inside the mind stone before they died. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so right. that this is what you would get in Westview. You would get this idealized version of Wanda and vision in case neither one of them were able to come back. You get what I mean? That's a possibility. Right. But I mean, as the show has gone on, obviously that's not where we're going, <laughs> but uh-huh. I don't want to yeah. give it away. Cause I know there's some people who are probably going to re listen to this and watch this and not have seen everything yet. 
Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the new episode yet. So okay, um, so I, I haven't I haven't really given you anything, uh, you no, know, no. anything really. But um, but I see some fools or some people already trying to spoil it on Facebook already. Yeah, of course, so. of course, of course, bro. Okay, that, so, that, yeah. that goes with the territory. But Wandavision yeah. is just brilliant. The, the show is brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. And and for people who are complaining about well they don't drop all the episodes at one time, who cares? Like that's not how you used to watch TV. Right. You got too used to binging on Netflix. That's what happened. Yeah. And yes, are there certain shows that are worth binging at one time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But this is not it. No. <laughs> like, there's too much plot yeah. in this show for you to binge yeah. it all at one time. Yeah, I know. You know and, people, want, people want their cake and eat it too. To be, yeah. No, yeah. they've been spoiled. They're yeah. spoiled. Yeah. And. and it's just it's just brilliant show it's it's brilliant world building like like antonio likes to say on the show brilliant world building brilliant storytelling like i love everything that they are doing with monica rambo in this show and i think that people need to start paying attention to what they're doing monica rambo in the show because i think a lot of that stuff is going to play a huge part in captain marvel too i i honestly do because i think Mm -hmm. that there have been some things that they've already kind of touched on that have my mind wondering how her relationship with Carol is because I don't, I don't, there was a a scene in particular in one of the episodes where she gave this, where Monica gave this look when they said something about Carol and I, I immediately reached out to Antonio and I was like, I can't be the only one who saw that. Like the look on her face was like, disgust so i feel like her and carol are not on solid footing at all okay and and i i'm not sure why that is (laughs) we'll find out (laughs) i'm sure we'll find out but um just brilliant 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 like what they're doing in wandavision is brilliant absolutely brilliant and this is what happened this is the power of streaming right disney's take on it is Let's just start building the world that we want to continue to build with the MCU through these shows. Yeah. You know, it's easier to do it that way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I guess Warner Brothers is trying to work their way towards that. Like, I don't know that I necessarily agreed with them doing because they're talking about doing a... um what's the what what are they talking about the spin-off show of the batman which is supposed to be gotham city pd well i i, 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 I heard i heard it i heard they, they want to do um a, a batman series with affleck i don't know if it's gonna be a series series or mm. a mini series like what they try to do with justice league mm. um i think i think i think a, i think a series series would be perfect it will if affleck is willing to make that commitment, although he's primarily a film actor. He may not be, but yeah. or they could just do the miniseries thing. I'd be cool yeah, with that. Too. I, I, yeah, I'd be absolutely cool with a miniseries. Like I'm not looking yeah. for him to do ten seasons of Batman. Like that's no, unrealistic. No, 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 no. That's unrealistic, no. and it's just un. It's unfair yeah. to him as an actor. Right. Like you should literally say to him, "Look, we're willing to give you this amount of money. Let's do a ten episode arc." You should be able, if you have good writing, you should be able to tell your story in 10 episodes and be done. He, he, <laughs> you know he, he can mean? write it himself because he's a, he's a, he's yeah. a writer. Yeah, 
Because remember, he was supposed to do his own big screen uh, uh, Batman. He's going to write and direct. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I think that really is the problem with Warner Brothers right now. And I think what you're starting to see is maybe that's what they're starting to think is that yeah. we need to get our properties back and 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 try to sort of develop some kind of a DCEU on HBO Max that either springboards into movies or just makes things even more connected than they are. Like, I think yeah. that that's why a lot of these shows are being canceled on the CW because they're wholesale bringing those things back in house. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think yeah. it's time. I, I think I think the problem with the CW and the Arrowverse is that it went on too long. Arrow was on too long. I wasn't a big fan of it. Hey, really? Listen, I could I could I could I couldn't finish the series. I mean, I, I think I saw maybe the first two yeah. or three episodes, mm. and then I just lost interest. I was like, mm. okay, okay, mm. whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Supergirl was never really into. The only time I really watched that was when Superman guest started. Now doing the new Superman series, which I, I would watch. Mm-hmm. Batwoman. My bro- my brother watches all that. Yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. I watch that. He watches yeah. Batwoman. I ain't into that. Bat- Batwoman. Uh, Batwoman. And I, yeah. I know some people. Some people gonna be irritated by what I say about Batwoman. Uh-huh. Batwoman is a mess in season two. It's it's an absolute mess. <laughs> I believe. Listen, I mean, I, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm like, whatever. I'm gonna be uh, honest with you. Tomorrow, I don't look at. No. I thought the first season of Batwoman was. I might have been the only handful of people watching it. I thought what they had with it was compelling. I okay. thought what they had with it was worth watching for while okay. it was on, and I think yeah. a very well intended idea was doomed by lack of communication between your star of the show and what she's in for in a, a season's worth of acting. I, I, I don't think that she really kind of understood how hard it would be to do a television series when you've been a movie actor for as long as she's been a movie actor. Well, like even when you argue uh, that she was on Orange is the New Black, I, I don't think that the things that she did on Orange is the New Black were as rigorous as the show wound up being. And I think that turned her off. Wow. You know what I mean? I think that when she, I think, I think that, I think there's a lot of things that nobody really knows or know or is willing to talk about. But I think when she got hurt, because I think what happened is she got hurt. Ruby Rose got hurt on the set of Batwoman. Right. And I think there was kind of this <laughs> this thing where they were trying to get her back working a lot sooner yeah. than she probably wanted to. Yeah. And I think she just kind of said, "No. This isn't for me." <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. and it it ended, but that first season that first season had a lot going for it. Like a lot, like this whole idea that her, her sister is the villain and her sister is the blind spot for Batwoman. So she can't really bring her in. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's 
willing to she's willing to do what she needs to do to stop her sister from wreaking havoc in Gotham. But she can't bring her in at all. Right. Like to right. end her as a threat. She can't do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought those things were really, really interesting, but yeah. this second season and the way that they did the recast and, and uh, I watched two episodes, Mike. I, I couldn't. I was like, I can't because now the the show has absolutely lost that inherent dynamic that made it worth watching. You know what I mean? Now it's like, it's, it's almost formulaic now. Like she, the the woman who plays Batwoman now has gotten this suit from the Kate Kane character because the Kate Kane character supposedly technically at least this is the the belief is that she died in a plane crash in Gotham but somehow she stumbled upon her suit nobody nobody's been found right but stumbled upon her suit okay and she's gotten the suit she's used the suit to do a couple of things and then it's kind of revealed as the show goes on that her and her and and the Ruby Rose character had a a a, a, a chance sort of n- not really a meeting but they were in like each other's sort of you know presence because she K Kane Batwoman saved this girl from her sister's uh. Wonder, Wonder, uh, Wonderland gang. Okay. And you find out at some point that uh, the new Batwoman's mother was killed by uh, Kate Kane's sister. Alice is her name. Was was killed by her. And now it's basically become like a revenge story for the new Batwoman. Okay. And it just feels so like I've seen this already. Like I, I, I'm not. I'm just not interested. Like I'm not, right. not interested at all. You okay. know? Yeah. It, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, like I was saying, brother. Like you're seeing DC. It's almost like DC starting to do what Marvel did years ago, or what Marvel's been doing for years is trying to bring everything back in house. You know, yeah. and then go from there. You know, right. but you know, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, WandaVision right. is is genius and, and it's really good. Yeah. I, I really think that streaming at least for these IPs is these intellectual properties that people love is the future of building those universes. I think yeah. building Star Wars is definitely going to be helped by Disney Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean you're already seeing it. You're already seeing it. <laughs> How much better it's being built by just having streaming yeah. show. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Patty Jenkins is doing a movie about the X-wing fighters, the pilots. I think it was the Rogue, Rogue Squadron. I think is what Rogue it's called. Rogue Squadron, yeah. But that that I makes me so, nervous. Yeah. Makes me nervous, brother. Well, After did well, you see Wonder Woman eighty four? You saw Wonder Woman yeah. before, right? That makes me nervous. I saw it three times. 
makes me makes me nervous, brother. And it's not that I don't like mm. Patty Jenkins. I think Patty Jenkins is extremely talented director. Yeah. I I I think she needs to understand going into this project that if you don't have good writing, I don't care how good a director you are. Yeah. If the writing's not good, this movie's not going to be good. Absolutely, I agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. You know, I mean, and she, she, she co-wrote Wonder Woman eighty four. So, yeah, no, I don't yeah, know. Um, and and I, I think to a large extent that was she had a very little, she had very little in the way of writing in that film. Yeah, I, I think the movie is just that Wonder Woman eighty four is a mess. It's a mess from the word go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mess. mess. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it has its moments. I'm not. I mean, I still prefer the original first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some elements about the new one. Like, like I said, I looked at it three times, and each time I started to see where people, the problems that other people had with it, mm-hmm. you know, um, amplified. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. It was. Yeah. Hopefully, we get it right with the third one because they already proposed the third one. So yeah, yeah, and and me, and me and my wife were talking about this the other day, and, and I I pretty much said it that one of the major problems with Wonder Woman eighty four to me is the movie was delayed two times. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, the message that she was trying to get out, which I don't mind, I don't mind the message that she was trying to get out at all in the movie that. The truth matters, right? And, and and the movie is very heavily influenced by what we've been going through the last four years with the prior administration. Like, I understand what she was trying to do, but once you delay that movie two times, yeah, and you put that movie out Christmas of 2020, when, it, yeah. when at that point we had already decided to move on from the prior administration, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. the message doesn't, it rings true, but it doesn't ring with that punch in the face that it would mm-hmm. have had it come out on time. I agree. That's you know what saying. I mean? Yeah. It almost right. feels dated by the time it comes out. Oh, okay. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I can necessarily hold that against Patty Jenkins. That's more about the studio deciding to put it out when they put it out. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, there were just some... And you and I have had this discussion before, brother. There were some curious choices in that movie. Like, how you brought Steve Trevor back just didn't sit well with me. The way it was done. Right. Like, there was a way to do it, and they chose not to do it that way. And, and you and I yeah. talked about that, where I thought it would have been much more much more convincing and much more cleverly done, so they done work, it that yeah. way. but yeah. the way that they did it was just like oh come on i'm like i understand what you guys are trying to do here but no yeah. <laughs> like no no i heard you say yeah they should, so you know what just but just 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 left just left him dead yeah just left him dead. i mean i know he's an integral part of our, of our mythology but yeah, you, you killed them off. Don't just leave them alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. You know? Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think so they. I, mean, want, I think they want that back. I think they would want a Wonder Woman two back because Kristen Wiig was not the problem with the movie at all. The problem right. that I, I had is that they didn't really. 
explain what happened with her character towards the end at all. So they failed Kristen Wiig in that regard, but I thought Kristen yeah. Wiig was pretty good for what she was in the movie. Me too. I, I love the performance. I love the yeah. performance. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, bro. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, trying to think of yeah. anything else, dude. Anything else um, that you've seen that you, you know caught your eye in, in 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 geek culture yet? Uh, let's see. Um, I saw. Well, this. Not, I don't know if you can really consider this part of geek culture, but I saw. Um, Mal- Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. Yes, brother. I did want to bring that up because I saw <laughs> I saw your review, brother, and, and I wanted to briefly talk about it because you were uh, not impressed at it at all. At all. And being an <laughs> actor, it hurt my heart. Okay. It hurt so my heart. What, what, what were your problems with the movie, brother? Essentially, and I'm, I'm probably going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Sorry, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> I just, I just looked at it as a long two-hour argument. Okay. That just, it just had no foundation. Like, okay, like I was telling a female friend of mine, hmm. you know, because she saw the movie too, and she didn't like it. Either. A, a few people who I spoke to besides you, most, most of them said they didn't like it. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay, I have no problem with a movie that explores the toxicity of a relationship. Okay. Of a relationship gone bad. I mean, I've seen like like Kramer versus Kramer, Mm. The War of the Roses. Mm. I didn't see Marriage Story that came out a couple of years ago. I heard that was great. I didn't see that one. That was actually pretty good. You should watch that, bro. That's good. Okay. Um, stories about failed relationships. I mean, listen, if you got a good story and good characters, mm-hmm. great. The problem, one of the main problems with Malcolm and Marie, you didn't care about the characters at all. Okay. The movies, the movie starts out, you know, they come back from a, a movie premiere, uh, his film, and he's bouncing around the house. Oh, they love me. I'm the man. And they love mm. my movie. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mm. Her. She's standing by the stove, making a pot of macaroni and cheese, and then stepping out on the balcony smoking a cigarette. Mm. But you didn't see a, an organic buildup to the fighting. In other words, the movie starts off, they're already, he's already feeling one way, she's feeling another way, but there was nothing to build to, um, to build to it. They're all, she's already in her feelings about one thing. And I'm just like, well, wait a minute. That's not. That's how you. That's how you start off the story. Okay. It was just. It was just. It was just bad writing. You know what I mean? I just felt. And the performances. I mean, both talented actors, but I felt that they they were both over the top. Hmm. That's it. it goes back to the script. Interesting, brother. But Interesting. I just felt like I didn't care. About, I wasn't. I wasn't emotionally invested in either character. He came off as an egotistical asshole. Mm. She came off as insecure. Mm. And the and the reasons why they were fighting, mm. they gave us two separate reasons why they were arguing in, throughout the whole movie. Mm. Okay. The first time they were arguing, she's upset. Okay, basically the movie that he made is loosely based on her life because she was like a former drug addict. Right. 
She was upset that she said, okay. You know what, Malcolm? I'm mad that you didn't thank me in your speech. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> then she changes it up later on. Oh, Malcolm, I'm, I'm still upset. Okay, why are you upset this time? After they had just kissed and made up, blah, 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 so to speak. Right. I'm mad that you didn't use me to play the lead in your film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, which is it? Right, right. First, you say you're mad that he didn't thank you in his speech, which happens. Right, okay. Right, right. I don't think I didn't think it was a strong enough reason to be angry with him. Yeah. The second, the second one, I didn't think was strong enough either. But you know, now yeah. she's upset because even though he based the movie on her life, she was upset that that he hired another actress and didn't use her. Right. But I just felt there, was a, there should have been a stronger reason why they're on the outs. Okay. okay. The whole yeah. movie premiere thing, you can be a backdrop, fine. But you just have these two, two guys. And this, I'm just like, I'm rolling my eyes watching this movie. And there were people that were on social media, oh, that's a great movie. That's exactly how bad relationships are. Okay, they're not arguing, mm. but if there's nothing organic coming from it, I mean, in other words, two see, people yeah. are not just, just going to argue to be arguing. I, I see what you're saying. You you needed more substance pre, yeah. pre, pre or, or you needed more yeah. substance to be kind of revealed to see why they were in the at the point that they were at. Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, okay, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. You know, um, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to have him as a filmmaker and his girlfriend, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But you could have created a better scenario to create this antagonistic relationship that they have with each other. It yeah. just it felt, it felt forced. Okay. Okay. okay then another thing, yeah. Then we come to find out that the, the guy who directed it is a white guy. Not that that really matters, but hmm. basically, like, okay, at some point, Malcolm is talking trash about this female film critic that he thinks doesn't understand him. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that the writer, the, the, the guy who wrote the, the director who wrote the script, mm-hmm. he was doing that to get back at the critics who trashed his previous movie. So he's kind of like a little in-joke, but he's kind of like his own way of like, like using his protagonist to get back at these critics that mm-hmm. trashed his movie. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. thinking, well, that's a little... I don't want to say childish, but <laughs> yeah. you need a stronger, you need a strong, stronger yeah. jumping off point. What what movie? What movie did he direct before that got trashed? Oh damn! Um, I can't remember, but his his name is Sam Sam Levinson. He's the he's the son of Barry Levinson, who directed Rain Man. Oh, he is the son of Barry Levinson. I did not know that. I didn't know that there was yeah. a relation. I knew that the name yeah, was that's the same, I read, I didn't know so, a relation. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't want to say that my feelings about the movie were colored by a show that I watch on HBO Max called Euphoria. Sure. I'm not sure if you watched that show, Mike. I haven't watched sure. that one. No, I heard that was great. You should, brother. Euphoria is, brother. Oh, that's what he worked on. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's his show, and and okay. and what's her name and. Um, Zendaya is basically his muse now. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
and she's really good on she's really good on Euphoria. You should watch that show. Have you okay. ever seen a movie? Have you ever seen a movie called Kids? Yes. Uh, uh, Har- Harmony Corbin. That's all that. Yeah. Um, that's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, kids. Yeah. Kids. The the movie that birthed Chloe Sevigny and birthed uh, Rosario Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. You. If you like kids, you will like Euphoria. Okay. It's almost. It's almost. It's almost a one for one comp. Just in two different time periods. Really? Okay. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Um, yeah. Malcolm and Marie for me, it's not. A, it's not a great film, but it's a good film for me. And I think I'm much more forgiving because I feel like the substance that you thought you needed beforehand for me felt like it came out as the argument kind of went on and it makes you kind of think, okay, well, while I understand and and I'm happy that the brother has found some success. Yeah. It's almost kind of like, but why does the success have to be, you know, at, 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 at the mercy of this person that he's with. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you, if, if you and her are supposed to be partners in this struggle, you know what I mean? Called life. Then why aren't you sort of, and again, I'm not saying that he needed to necessarily cast her in the movie, but why aren't you having her more involved in the process? Right. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe, you know, casting the person from the movie as her is not your decision. Ultimately, it's not your decision, right? It's the studio's decision. Mm. But the least you could do is kind of have her somewhat involved in it so that she understands that it's not you that's necessarily making that decision for her to not be the person in it ultimately at the end. You Mm. know what I mean? Like, and and maybe... And maybe those things, and, and maybe you're right, Mike, like those things needed to be in the movie to kind of flesh out the story even more, which yeah. is partially what I agree with you on, is that the mm. story did need to be fleshed out a little more, but I think for me, the acting was great. And I think people need to really be paying attention now to Zendaya. Like, I never thought that Zendaya had this level of talent like i knew that she's she good. was talented she's good. Yeah. i knew all the time that she was talented i mean you have to be somewhat talented to have shows that resonate with kids on disney you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah. but yeah. i didn't think she had this gear of talent like when you look at her on euphoria and you look at her in this movie and then to some degree her MJ in 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 Spider Man is underrated. Like it, it's just so underrated. It's such a different take on MJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know that people necessarily give her enough credit for being more than a decent actress. She's a really good actress, and I think people are you, starting to see it. You know what it is? I think because she has, she still has to overcome that stigma of being a Disney star. 
Yeah, and and yeah. Because you know? yeah. I, I saw a few episodes of that Jesse Undercover thing that she did. Yeah. Out of curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Casey Undercover, thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's fluff. I mean, this is what Disney yeah. is fluff. It absolutely is fluff. But you know it's cute fluff, you know, and um, mm-hmm. but she, I'm not saying that the woman, the, the the girl, she's 24 years old, she's got skills. She just needed, they both needed a better screenplay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, this guy, I mean, I know he gave them co-producer credit, fine, perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was an article in the paper where she, um, she fought to have everyone involved in making the movie like the crew members get points on the movie which i thought yeah. was cool i like yeah, that yeah 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 i mean yeah, how many I mean, other actors do you know to do that but yeah and and a lot of that is due to the fact that they were basically the first the first production post allowed to be go back to work for COVID. yeah like they filmed the movie during the height of COVID. yeah for two weeks yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, and and I don't want to, I don't want to slight John David Washington either. John David Washington has become a very good actor too. Like, he showed it to you on Ballers on HBO. I did like, watch did that. He... I only see him in Clansman. Oh, brother, <laughs> <laughs> brother, he's great. In, he's great in Black Klansman. Go back and watch Boilers. I think Boilers is only five seasons. It's a half hour show. You could you could knock that out easily in, okay. in a week or so. He's okay. really good on that show. Like that's when you started to see he had like real talent. Okay. You know, that that translated into Black Klansmen. Yeah. And then and uh, I don't know if you've seen it, brother. Have you seen Tenet? Not yet. Um, I'm a little apprehensive, but go ahead. Oh, brother. Don't, don't be. Don't be, brother. Okay. Don't be. Don't be. Okay. You, you might have to watch Tenant a couple of times to get everything that's going on. Because it's that, it's that layered in plot. But I, okay. I got to be honest with you. He's good in Tenant. Him and okay. him and this guy. And, and people will not talk about this guy. And they need to. If all of y'all are worried about this guy being Batman... Robert Pattinson, watch him in tenant. I'm, I'm one of them. Watch him in tenant, brother. Watch okay. him in tenant. And I'm okay. not telling you that he's gonna do, you know, Batman type things in tenant. But what I am gonna tell you is that for those who think that he's going to be more Edward Cullen in Batman, you don't need to be worried about that anymore. Listen, he is a I, much I, better I, I, actor I, 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 than I, 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 he was. Hmm. I saw the trailer last summer. Yeah, he's much. He's a much better actor now mm-hmm. than he was in Twilight. I mean, people have to understand that Twilight was Twilight is the thing you do when 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 your agent gets you that role to get you on. That's right. what Twilight is. It's not yeah. necessarily a movie that he kind of says, "Oh, well, this is my career." Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not mm-hmm. what you do. You do that movie to get known. Especially yeah. in America, right. that's the kind of movie you do to get known. You know, and before and, that, yeah, yeah, and before yeah, they did yeah. Harry Potter, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But the stuff he's done since, since Twilight, yeah, 
I've heard. I've heard. He, he did a movie. I'm trying to think. What is that movie? Me and my wife watched this movie a little bit ago. Lighthouse. Lighthouse. We saw. That's a good movie. It's a weird movie, but it's a good movie. Good. <laughs> it's weird, but it's good. Good. He did another movie before that where him and I think him and his brother play. Him and his brother play bank robbers, and I think his brother has like special needs. I can't think of the name of that movie. Okay. But we watched it recently. Really good film. It's it's an A twenty four film. So for for those of you who don't know that me me and Antonio we sing the praises of A twenty four, independent mm. studio that does knockout films. I mean films that are just good. Been good forever, <laughs> you know what I mean, and and um, yeah, Robert Pattinson's good, John David Washington is good. See Tenant, Mike, because Tenant is a good film. You will, okay. you will, it, it it will make you watch it more than once. That's how good it is. And and I'm sorry okay. that and I'm sorry that people didn't get a chance to see Tenant. Like they, and this is the thing that pisses me off about Warner Brothers sometimes. Is they sacrifice Tenet. Like, they should literally have said to this guy, and I know he would have been angry, and I know he wanted to get people back into the theater. They should right. have said to him, no. They should have said, respectfully, we know that you've made us a lot of money, uh -huh. Mr. Nolan, but no. Like, people need to see this film. Yeah. You know, and, and we, we can't do it now. We just, we can't do it. It doesn't make. It wasn't sense. the right movie to open to re or to reopen theaters. It just yeah. wasn't. It, it wasn't it, commercial no. enough. No, no. And I know, I know what his thinking was. I knew, I knew exactly what no one's thinking was from from the time he wanted it out. He basically was saying, "People know my movies. They know they're good movies. Let's just put it out there, and people will come." <laughs> no, that's not how that works. No, it's not how that works. <laughs> it's, it's not, not how it works, works at all. I mean, and and, listen, and, I, yeah. and listen, I saw it. I saw it. Me and my wife saw it in a theater. We saw it because we wanted to see it. We wanted to support the movie. We were trying right. to support theaters at the time that we saw it last summer. There were literally four of us in the theater, Mike. And we were separated by... Yeah. At the least, we were separated by 10 rows of seats. Damn. Damn. Like, I... I you know... I, I can't... I don't, and, and this, and it makes me sad, Mike. It makes me sad because I know I yeah. love movies. I know you love movies. Yeah. I know a lot of people who love movies. Yeah. I can't tell you when I'm going to feel comfortable going back into a theater, even if I Sorry, get vaccinated. Yeah, I even if I get vaccinated, I don't know when I'm going to feel comfortable at all doing it. At 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 the at the at the level that we were doing it pre-COVID. For example, just out of, just out of, you know, out of my head. When I saw uh, what you call it, when I saw Endgame, you mm. know, packed theater. Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't know if I, I don't know when I will feel comfortable being in a situation like that again. I I, I agree with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's yeah. sad. It, it's sad. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, again, you know, 
that is to say that there, there's a lot of content out here now. And if, you know, you, you guys in, in, you guys that watch us and that roll with us and are watching me, me and my boy Mike here today, you're just in an unprecedented time in, in, in entertainment history when, you know, Warner Brothers is willing to put an entire film slate on their streaming service for free. For the entire year. <laughs> for an entire for, year. Every major because release they, for the entire yes, year. Yes, because they want people to see these movies because they understand that yeah. time is the enemy of good content. Yep. Like, if you wait too long, people don't care. Black Widow. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people still complaining about Black Widow not being released on Disney Plus. People talking about, you know, that Bond film not being released on any streaming service. I understand what Disney is trying to do. I, I completely do. I think that they think there is going to be a time when maybe there will be an acceptable amount of people going to theaters after an acceptable amount of vaccinations being out there. And they want people to see that in a, in a major format. I mean, again, I feel like that's a fluid situation though. I think that at some point they're going to realize they have to really make a hard choice. Yeah. And it's a choice that maybe they don't want to make. And that is to make it available for people to watch it on streaming. Yeah. And even Um, if they offered it at a, Again, if they offered it the way that they offered Mulan, I think when they did the Mulan release and they were charging $30 for that movie, I thought that was a mistake. I was like, that yeah. movie is not the movie you put out for that money. If you put out, if, if I, and I said to people, I said to people when it happened, I said, this is a very different story if this movie is Black Widow. Right. Nobody is complaining if it's Black Widow. You're going to see people praising Disney for putting this out for thirty dollars mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. it home. To watch it home, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I mean everything that you said. You know, I think because I think you, yeah, you and I talked about this. I mean, every everyone's saying what we're what we're going through right now with this pandemic. This is like the death knell for movie theaters all over the world. Yeah, this is I, I, this could yeah. be this is the beginning of the end. And I, I even I remember people were saying even before the pandemic, people were there were people in the industry that were saying that would streaming become this huge thing and whatnot. That movie theater movie theaters were already losing money. Yeah, for yeah. For, the, for the past several years. I mean, because think about it, Mike. You're charging people. $16 for a movie ticket. That's the average price in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay, now imagine a family of some say five or six. That's that's damn near a hundred dollars. Yeah. That doesn't include dinner. Yeah. That doesn't include snacks. Yeah. That doesn't include parking. Yeah. Okay. When all is said and done, that whole night is gonna run you between maybe two and three hundred dollars, yeah, for one night of, of family entertainment. That's insanity. Yeah, that's total insanity. Okay, 
I remember, you never remember when, when movies were, what, $5? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. man. Absolutely. They, or, or, they or you had the, popcorn, bro. Yeah, or you had the off the the, the the off the off Broadway movie theater that sold that had old movies for three dollars. I mean we me and Mike go back to when worldwide cinemas on fiftieth and eighth Avenue yeah. had had movies that we had already seen for less money and people would still go see those movies there. Yeah. But like the they like seen them. Man. Yeah, yeah, like they'd never seen them, they'd still go and see them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I think what happened is that the movie in the movie industry, and to a certain extent also, Broadway, because this also affects Broadway in a way that I don't think people yeah. really understand. That yeah. those industries lived high off the hog for a long time, like a yeah. long time, and. Yeah this pandemic has been this course corrector for those yeah. industries because it's it's almost like as much as I love the theater the theater became this thing where it priced people out like there were yeah. literally people who couldn't go see certain shows because the tickets had just become so ridiculously expensive you know and and yeah. It'll be. I think. I think the the movie slash TV component of it will be okay. I think streaming yeah. will help that much better to the chagrin of exhibition houses. Right. I think, and and I've and I've speculated on this show that those things will probably be bought by studios. I think studios will have those things so that they can put things out, you know, when they want to have those things, you know, considered for award ceremonies and things like that. They'll own a certain amount of theaters around the country, and that'll be their device to sort of get things out and and official for, you know, award season. That's what I think will happen with theater houses. Okay. Broadway, on the other hand, that's a much that's a much more complicated situation. I think what's going to happen is they're going to have to change their entire business model. Like they're going to have to they're literally going to have to do shows and have them filmed and have them streamed because they can't do anything else. Like you can't go two years in Broadway time. Two years in Broadway time is the amount of maybe a hundred years of lost revenue. Right. Like you, you yeah. can't, you can't go that long. You can't um, go that long and expect that part of the industry to be healthy. It's never going to be healthy the way it was before. It's not. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. I think you kind of saw a window into what is going to happen at some point when Disney decided to show Hamilton on their service. I think people needed to pay attention to Lin-Manuel Miranda, who basically said it, who openly said it in all the sort of, you know, bonus content and and interviews that they did prior to that dropping on July 4th last year. Mm. More people were going to see Hamilton on Disney Plus 
that had gotten to see it in its theatrical run. See, Mike, okay. And I think think about that for a moment. They were charging people up to two grand a ticket. Yeah. I'm sure it's a great show. I'm not paying no two grand for no damn show. That's that's stupid. But that's my point, Mike. My point is, is that the economics got so far out of balance that it became... It almost became like this medium for the well-to-do, yeah, and squeezed mm-hmm. out people who were at average incomes, at lower mm-hmm. incomes, at yep. middle income. It squeezed all those people out unless they were willing to kind of say, "This is the treat for us and the family for the year," right? <laughs> right. So. Yeah. I think Broadway is really going to have to rethink their entire business model. Like, I don't know that they're going to be able to continue when they come back at $250 seats in an orchestra. There's no way that you're going to be able to do that. There's no No. way. You're going to have to bring the prices all the way down and hope that people come back. You know what I mean? Because if they don't... You're gonna be it's it's gonna be a mess. Like you've already heard people saying that they're not coming back when when Broadway comes back. When Disney says they're pulling shows out when they don't know when Broadway's coming back, they've literally said they already literally closed one show late not even late last year, early last year. They were like, This show's not coming back. Yeah. (laughs) So, um I don't know. I, I don't know. And and what makes that even more sad to me is if the if, if Broadway is that well hurt by this, what's gonna happen to all those Broadway houses? They're gonna close. What's what's gonna happen to the performers? What's gonna happen to the performers? Where are no. they gonna get jobs to supplement the income that they've lost? You like, know how many actors and, and crew members, even like last year, were saying. I can't. I can't stay in New York anymore. I got to go back to to L.A. I got to go back to Arizona. Yeah. I got to make some money. And this was yeah. people like even like people like musicians in in the, uh, in the orchestra pit. No shows. No money. Actors are suffering. The the, the um, directors. It's it's just pitiful. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So what can you do? It's, it's I feel bad for them. I mean, Broadway is like I forgot how much they say it, it, it generates in, in New York revenue. Hmm. But yeah, like I don't know, bro. It's just yeah, you know. But like I said, but it, it, when, when you have shows like Hamilton or The Lion King, when they charge, I mean, I don't know how much The Lion King was charging, but going back to Hamilton, ain't no way in the world I was gonna go see that show for no two grand. Hmm. And I know there were people that were saying, "Well, two grand is nothing, really." Oh, yeah, that's something. <laughs> two grand is something. <laughs> The people that were saying that it's not like you look at them and say, Oh, so you must be a doctor, or you must oh you have a, so you must have some high profile career that you could just drop drop yeah. two grand like yeah. it's nothing. I'm yeah. sorry, some a lot of us don't have it like that. Yeah, it's true, brother. It's true. It, it's very true. And I mean, I don't know. I yeah. honestly don't know. Like the, the Lion King was an expensive show too, but it was nowhere near it was nowhere near Hamilton expensive. 
Yeah, and I've only, you know, I've only seen a handful of Broadway shows in my lifetime. Only yeah. I can I can count on one hand. Yeah, the, sh- yeah. the broad the shows I've seen on Broadway. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a medium that I would say that I go to every year. I mean there yeah. it has to be a certain show that compels me to want to go see it. And there was one show that I'm sorry I didn't get to see it before COVID hit, and they, they had did a they had did a uh, a, a rendition of. Um, a soldier story on Broadway that had uh, David Allen Greer and I think uh, mm. this guy. I think I think Blair Underwood was in the show too. Yeah. And the the, the 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 seats were pretty affordable, and I sure. just didn't get a chance to. I was looking at it in February, and I was like, oh, you know, let me let me try and go see it before it goes because it was in a limited run and it was about to go off Broadway. And then when I went to go back, we were knee deep in COVID. And I was like, wow. oh, wow. like, you know, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I this is going to redefine the exhibition theater yeah. movie industry. I'm not sure where we go from here with any of those things. And yeah. I mean, it, it streaming, the one thing that streaming will never do will never replace that feeling fully of being in a theater with other people and watching yeah. a, a similar shared experience. But uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's what we have now. And I think it's become a lot more affordable than it once was, you know, like yeah. TV sets are much more affordable now. Good sets are much <laughs> more affordable now than they've ever been, ever you been. know, yeah. and, 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 and yeah. Yeah, home entertainment equipment yeah. is affordable, like the likes of which we've never seen, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, brother. I, I I don't know. It's it's hurtful. It's really hurtful. I mean, Hollywood is taking a major hit. Um, you know, say like I said, we have to. We have all these big, high-profile movies schedules being rearranged. Like, who knows when we're gonna see the, the next Bond movie? And Daniel yeah. Craig has already said he ain't coming back. Yeah. yeah. But show the movie. I mean, you can't. You mean to tell me that uh, MGM can't reach a deal with, with Netflix or HBO Max and say, you know what? <laughs> I mean, just, we're just going to put it out there. Because yeah. that movie was supposed to come out, I think, yeah. last spring. Yeah. But I think um, MGM I think MGM is looking yeah. long game with, with, with this. I think they're looking to sell in general i think they're looking to sell to somebody in general to take them over because i don't yeah. think that they're really making a lot of money either i think a lot of, and i and i called this i called this i called this years ago when people didn't want to hear it i said what's going to happen in streaming is this is that the giants are going to be okay the ones that were prepared for this are going to be okay right. <laughs> and the ones that decide well we're going to get into this late and we're going to try to compete in a way that we're not really able to compete are not going to do very well because people aren't going to have every streaming service that's out there. They're going to have the, probably the three major ones, four major ones, if there are four of them and everyone else is going to be like struggling. You know, I mean, MGM has a streaming service called epics that they finally decided to start really epics used to be something that needed to be tied to your cable subscription. Then they finally decided to go 
full-blown offering it as a streaming service with a monthly fee and i guarantee you epics is not doing well it's not doing well at all because there aren't very many people who know about it one and two they don't market it very well and three um i mean other than your bond catalog what else do you have rocky rocky and bond that's pretty much it yeah and those are things at this point that when you look at other streaming services that are looking for content, those become like the complementary pieces that help other streaming services get better. Like I've right. made the argument to very many people that if Apple is really serious about being a streaming player, they need to buy content. They need to buy something like MGM. That's mm-hmm. the only way that they're going to ensure their survival out here. Yeah. You know, and, and they don't, you know, people don't understand. Like, and people are like, well, why? Why why would they buy it? I'm like, because because if you want to be a streaming player, you need content. You need very basic content. You know what I mean? Basic mm-hmm. stuff that brings people back all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and if you buy Bond and you buy Rocky, I'm telling you, people will sign up for Apple. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know I, what I, I mean? You're right. So, you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll see, brother. But I I, want to thank you, brother, for for being on this show. Thank you, man. And and agreeing to be on here. You know, we... I had fun, man. I I tried to tell people, we get on here, we we chop it up. We've been on here for two hours, brother. (laughs) Hey, man, listen, but you know what? This is two hours well spent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I said, still, I still don't feel like we talked about enough. No, no, not at all. We could talk. We could talk more, brother. We'd be here fucking twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, that'd be all right with me. Yeah, but, uh, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but brother, please, please, please summarize where people can find the projects that you're on and and the things that you're working on again, so that they know, you know, that so they can possibly support those things and and where okay. to watch and things like that, brother. Go ahead. Right. Um, well, let, before, well, I'm just, I'm just put this out. Um, mm. Remember back in the beginning of the show, I told you I was producing some shows, mm-hmm. some theater shows. Okay. My producing partner, um, we we had we had posted them up on YouTube, mm. and for some reason, it was it was more her venture than mine. I was just like, I just came on as like a co-producer, but mm. she she took them off. I, for some reason, I still don't know, mm. but. You know, um, so there's so there's that. Okay. But the short films I've done, you can find them on Prime. They're called uh, DNR mm-hmm. and the Needs. Okay. And it's gonna be more stuff in the future. Yep. Um, you can find me, Michael Andrews. You can find me on on on, uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me on IG. Uh, uh, uh Big Dog Badass. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> IG, yeah. So, um, but um, you know, those are only like two major platforms that I do. Uh, social media platforms that I do on a, on a regular. Okay. Um, also, 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 also check out um, Every Day the Brand on IG. That's uh, my friend Jermaine Smith's uh, company. So you can follow him on there as well as uh, on Facebook. Um, also Terrell Perkins, you can follow him on Facebook and IG, 
on IG. He's a story storyboard three. Nice. Right there, there so nice. uh, those are two major filmmakers that I, I work with at the moment. Um, so yeah, but you know, um, a lot of stuff coming up in the future. I'll definitely keep everybody informed. Keep definitely keep you informed, and uh, right. I, I had fun. I mean, I, I definitely want to do this again. I really do, man. Yeah, absolutely, brother. We'll, we'll really have do. you on again. We'll have you on with Antonio, and we'll we'll, we'll chop it up. You'll get to talk okay. to Antonio, meet Antonio, and we'll chop it up some more in the future. Cool. Um, cool. I want to thank everybody who you know took the time to listen to this show, watch this show, or we you will be listening to it when we drop it on our uh, platforms like Spotify and and uh, Apple Podcasts and things like that. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, like, comment, and subscribe. We are on YouTube, Fandom Initiative. Uh, we are also on IG fandom initiative. Uh, we are also on Facebook fandom initiative page. Um, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good, Mike. Good to see you. Good to talk to you, brother. You too, Um, brother. Yeah. And, uh, everyone, thanks for listening and we will be back next week. Uh, I think Antonio will definitely be back next week with us. So, uh, yeah, take care and remember be good to each other. Don't be uh, don't be a dick as Antonio would say. <laughs> um, and uh yeah, take care. Thanks. And thanks for hanging with us, all right? Bye. Yeah.